0: Hello everyone. Welcome to the ETech Leadership Table. This is a podcast where we invite you to pull up a chair, grab a cup of coffee, and join us as we tackle some remarkable discussions on everything leadership. I'm Melissa Wood, I'm your host. I'm the Dean of Leadership Development at ETech Global Services. Hello and welcome to this episode of the ETech Leadership Table. Go ahead and grab a cup of coffee or your favorite drink and pull up a chair. My name is Melissa Wood, and with us today, we have Jason Knutson. Is that how you pronounce that name, Jason?
1: Close. Knutson.
0: Close? How do you say it?
1: That's Knutson.
0: uh, That was not close, Jason. You know that was not close. (laughs) So everybody, Knutson. Knutson today. Welcome. That's a that's a learning for today. And then so we're going to pull up the table and we're going to talk about, and actually we're going to drive through. And if you knew Jason works for Polaris, so we got to drive through this. We're not talking about it. We're going to drive <laughs> through go. six critical leadership practices, six critical leadership practices, leading your team to a win. I don't know if you've been watching sports lately, but there's a lot of teams that need to sign on to this podcast because he's going to walk us through how to win so i think jason's got some answers for us today but welcome jason to the ETEch leadership table what are you drinking i saw that wonderful cup what are you drinking in that cup today
1: uh so i gotta rep my local minnesota company here we got caribou coffee we got the s'mores coffee, coffee this morning yes
0: did you say s'mores coffee
1: i did yep S'mores. We
0: gonna have, that's too much for me that is too much <laughs> i love s'mores and s'mores <laughs> coffee, I've never had. I've never had s'mores coffee, but those two sound brilliant together.
1: It's its not bad. It's pretty good.
0: Well, well, shout out to the local coffee company. I love supporting local businesses. Today, I think I've drank this before. and Namisha was making fun of me. But it is strawberry banana smoothie with a little hint of green tea. So okay. I'll be up. Uh, you know, but I think I would that rather be good. having s'mores. But it's not as good as s'mores coffee. You
1: know, the main thing I learned was... You got to get your hands dirty and lead from the front. Um, if you're not going to be down there doing the work, you, you shouldn't be asking others to do something you don't want to do yourself. Um, <clears throat> you know, when, when you think about the Boy Scouts, you're, you're working a lot in teams, it's groups, there's a lot of activities, but you really get ingrained in that team culture and that you don't succeed if your team doesn't succeed. So you have to be yep. that group <laughs> mindset, you have to work together. Um, and then failure, obviously, you're... You're going to fall down, you're going to stumble, um, but you get the gift of lessons by doing that. So those are kind of some of the big key takeaways that I learned really early on. Um, my background or myself, just the way I work, I'm just a very curious person, always asking questions, um, kind of questioning things, probably to the ire of many different friends and family. Um but, you know, it's just that curiosity, I don't know, or if you're telling me to do something, I want to know the why behind it. Why am I doing this? I um, also have a strong desire to help people. So, you know, that those kind of things kind of fit together with the scouts. Um, what what uh, probably really grew also out of that is just um, how, to, how to shape decisions that affect others. Because you are doing things or making decisions potentially um, and in this youth group, that's affecting the other kids and, and how we're going to do things at times. So um, you really kind of learn that it's not just for you. You got to think about the other things going on. Um, so those things really translated well, I think, and, and kind of guided me. It was a natural fit into law enforcement because you know those are all things that just fit really nicely with that. Um, <clears throat> I started uh, early on in my career uh, in law enforcement. I Started volunteering with uh, the Youth Explorer program that we had at our, our department. Um, so the Explorer program, it's similar to the Boy Scouts. It's uh, 14 to uh, 21 years old. Their kids interested in law enforcement, want to you know learn a little bit th- um, about it. So um, I jumped in, started volunteering with that program. That quickly translated into me helping run the program at our department. Um, so. You know, it got to help make decisions about how we ran the program, how we're going to operate. But um, you really start getting into that coaching and mentoring uh, mindset, and you're working with kids that are, you know, their young minds. They're they're you know learning a lot of different things, but um, they look up to you. They see you're the police officer. You've got the badge. You've got the gun, um, and you, they learn a lot. Um, so that was a big impact. Uh, but then you kind of get the understanding of there's different stakeholders it's not just the kids anymore Um, you're representing yourself the kids your police department your city Um, we're going to different uh, conferences we're going to competitions so there's a lot going on Um, and then there's the funding so you you learn about all these different things that just kind of have to mesh together um so that was a big learning experience, just just learning about the different stakeholders and, and those important things. Um, and, and so that accountability really sets in, I think, is, is something yeah. that just morphs, right? Um, so, you know, when I, when I couple all of that together, I uh, learned a lot, you know, just in law enforcement, how to communicate with people, how to talk to yourself out of situations, um, problem solving, obviously you have to do a lot of that. Uh, the organization, the multitasking, there's a lot that comes with it. And, you know, um, unfortunately for me, I got hurt. So I couldn't continue in that line of work. Um, And I had to really rethink, like, how is this going to work? When you go back to it and think about those skills that you have, they translate really well into the private sector. So um, it helped me get started with um, Polaris in my current job. Um, I started kind of bottom-run customer service But that's where those skills shine. That's exactly what you're doing. Communication, problem solving, thinking on your feet, um, trying to represent uh, and and be accountable. So um, it it was just a good natural transition. Um, You have to be able to listen and understand customers when they're talking to you. You you can't just, yeah, here's the words that they're saying. You have to try to translate that and understand because sometimes they don't even know what they're asking for at that point. So it's understanding their problem, and then looking for a resolution that's going to be effective to solve that problem. So, yeah, those skills that I, I learned really helped with that. Um, just continued to hone those skills, working through customer service, um, learning different things. I got to know a lot of different people within the space, within our different departments, our different organizations. Got a lot of tools and tricks in uh, my toolbox to really come up with some crafty situations or uh, resolutions (laughs) and things like that. So, um, you know, my time, you know, probably being a little bit older on the team, uh, but having some of that coaching mentoring experience translated to some of my other team members and just started helping them out, you know, running situations by them, offering advice, not necessarily telling them how to fix it, but hey, you know, I've done this in the past. This might work or maybe some combination of some things. And so Um, you know, at times I would be kind of the go-to of, Hey, I got the situation. What do you think? Or, you know, what are some options? Um, so yeah, I think that was cool. Um, just kind of fit. And then, um, the other piece that goes into it is we're a team. So, you know, I didn't think about it as well. This is my case and I'm closing out the most cases. It was truly, I don't care who closes the case or who offers the resolution. We're a team we just need to do it and we need to serve the owners and, and make sure that they're getting what they uh, they called about and, and get a resolution. So um, yeah, I mean that just kind of progressed into the position that I'm in now, um, really rely on a lot of those skills um, in, in my current position. Still, uh, I don't directly always deal with customers, but um, what I do affects the customer. So I have to co- constantly be thinking about mm-hmm. what are we doing how is that affecting others? How is that helping my team? Um, and then it's just the, the supervisory aspect has come into play now as as uh, we have grown. Um, our department's grown. Um, and so that's a whole new world, uh, having the supervisory yeah. management experience and, and trying to, you know, you have leadership. But then now I'm truly like, you know, controlling the faith of some others. So it's yeah. a lot going on.
0: That's great. Okay. You know, uh, first of all, you—if you've noticed anybody on this podcast before—I'm real big on. I want the world to hear from people who get their boots muddy, right? I really, and so just you walking us through your journey—I'm taking so many notes because I'm just watching you from being in Boy Scouts, right? It's just like your gold, and it's and it's—it's it's like you're just polishing gold, like everything. Still today, like in this podcast today, you're using. Skill sets that you learned in the Boy Scouts. I mean, I'm just watching watching your journey go and what you did at the Youth Explorer. You know, um, no understanding that uh, you're representing so many different entities. You know how you you brought that out, and then even now in the role that you play, you said I don't really deal with maybe the the customer one on one, but what I'm doing is representing so many entities. That brings me back to when you were a police officer with that Youth Explorer program. It's, um what i'm hearing from you is that you do not leave uh learning behind it's like you're just grabbing that's your curiosity you're you're putting I to see you with a a backpack and you're just carrying it and you're using it as resources in all sorts of different ways in your toolbox and um i think one of my favorite quotes already we haven't even dug into the the six (laughs) things is that you you know how you said you got hurt as a police officer and you couldn't Continue with that career. You said gift of lessons. Mm -hmm. Y'all soak that in. If you're taking notes, podcasters, it's it's how he's saying things. It's the mindset that he has of gift of lessons. It's not like, oh my gosh, I had to figure out something to do, or my life was devastated. It's a gift of a lesson, right? When you fall down, you mentioned those things and learning stuff. So, I just really like the visual that you're giving in your story. About how you're putting things uh, in your toolbox and using them in different ways, okay. but you still know what that tool's for, and you're like, I can use that same tool here, and I think that's fascinating. I think that's what sets you up uh, to be kind of uh, at an expert level today. Of trying to, I know you don't want to be the expert, but I, <laughs> I, I, I think someone who who uh, who learns from lessons. And who has learned since childhood this area of leadership and management? Who put their life on the line to do that? Who who invested in the youth of our future? I think that you more than anybody can help us to unpack the six leadership practices that you've that you've learned. Right? I'm ready to put. I know my. I know everybody on this podcast. I Me. Mean, I know. I know the podcasters. They're they're putting it in their backpack today, and that's what we need from you. And I just. First, thank you for your service. Thank you for giving to the youth because um, there's no telling how many youth that you impacted that are serving our, our country today, right? And leading their families. And so, just thank you. I just want to say thank you for that. Um, Appreciate that. Those things do not. Uh, those things do not. You may not. You may not reap the results of it or, or see it, but it's it's happening. It's the same thing. We plant a lot of trees here uh, on our land. And I may never see a great grandchild build a fort on those trees, but I know that it's there, right? So, you know, we, we may not ever be able to swing from some of those trees in my lifetime, but maybe one of my, you know, somebody will be able to, but that doesn't keep me from planting trees. So that's what I see that you did with that program. Um, so now that you've kind of, now you're in the supervisor role, you've gotten, you know, understand leadership and management. Now you're understanding what it really means to boot, get your boots muddy, if you will. Um, and I yep. guess you wore snow boots. So I wear cowboy yeah. boots, so you snow boots, same thing, right? And so yep. or cowgirl boots. Can I say cowgirl <laughs> boots? And
1: <laughs> there <you> boots. Go. <laughs> uh,
0: but um so when you when you talk about, you know, these six critical and you being a police officer, you know what the word critical means. You're saying yeah. you're saying, Melissa podcasters, listen, these are six things. Um, If you don't put anything in your backpack, you need to put these, these tools in your backpack. These are critical tools for your survival and he was, he's an Eagle Scout. Let me, if you don't know about Eagle Scouts, that's about survival. Go take a look at it. So he's still walking us through this journey, but these are going to be six critical tools of survival pretty much that will help you win as a leader. Um, all these NFL football teams, I hope, the, I hope the owners are on the podcast. You're about to get some magic here, uh, from Jason. So Jason, um, we're going to, we're going to start looking at those six. Um, so just start us with number one. Like what no. did, in Jason's mind, everybody get your notes. I'm taking notes. If you're not taking notes, something's wrong with you. Take some notes. Um, here we go. Yeah. Walk us through what's the first Now, are these, uh, at least the greatest? Are these a la carte? Like you can try to get two or three or you go in order? Like what, what is in your mind here?
1: Well, this is, this is what they, uh, the order that they provide them in. Um, oh. I, I may have rearranged them a little bit myself if it was up to me, but I'll, I'll just kind of go through okay. how, how they presented them. But, um, the number one thing is they talk about is develop a leader's mindset. So, uh, okay. this one, was probably, you know, I should probably preface a little bit. So I, I took this class uh, late into probably my supervisor experience. And I, I would recommend anybody who is thinking about trending towards a management or supervisory, I would take this whenever you can. Before you become a okay. supervisor, um, or a manager, or a leader, or whatever, um, I think there's a lot of stuff in here that would have been probably pretty helpful. Um, I learned a few lessons along the way. You know, we talk about the failures, right? Um, <laughs> yeah. There's a few things in here that I wish I would have known a while ago. Um, but this uh, one was probably one break, that
0: is this from, is this from Franklin Covey? Is this the this one is. that you yep. went through? Okay, Correct. so this is Franklin Covey. foundational leadership program. Is that what this is? Yes.
1: Yep. Yep. Okay. Yep. Exactly.
0: I just signed up for their master program.
1: Okay. Did you see
0: their, did you see their master program where you can take all their courses and stuff? So yeah, they They offer a lot of good stuff though. Okay. So this is, so just to know, Franklin, if you're on our podcast, grab your little, hopefully, hopefully Franklin, if you're on the podcast, you're drinking some s'mores coffee. OK, if not, Jason can hook you up with the right coffee place in Minnesota that will get you some s'mores coffee. Um, Jason, you never know who's on this podcast. Franklin's probably sitting there right now on this podcast. You never know. You never, so um, no. for he's taking his learning. You see how he puts things in his backpack. He's taking his learning from Franklin Covey and he has given it to us. Right. So here we go. Number one is yep. developing a leader's mindset. Right.
1: Yeah. Yep. So this is the one that probably hit me right away. Um, you know, I've always been an individual contributor, um, you know, part of the team, do my tasks and, you know, do my part of the project, right? Um, you're, you're part of that broader team. Uh, so that's just what I was used to. I've always been that um, in previous jobs and, and things like that. So I've not had that management supervisor experience. So um, when you look at uh, the difference between individual contributor versus that supervisory position, um, the one that really stuck out to me is I am responsible for delivering results through other people. I'm not the one doing the work. I'm helping shape that work. So um, that's a hard one. That's a really hard one to get by because I am somebody like you said, I want to get my hands dirty. I want to get in there and I want to do stuff and I want to help it be successful. But sometimes as a leader, uh, you might be getting in the way. You might be preventing success because you're not letting your team flourish. Um, So you're there to make sure that they have what they need, the tools and resources that they need, making sure things are moving forward, but let your team do their work Um, and you can't be in there muddying it up. So that was a a really hard one. Um, And it still kind of is to some degree because my team is pretty small. It's me and one other person. Um, so it's a struggle because there are times where, yeah, yeah I do have to, you know, they, they do need help or, you know, um, <laughs> my teammate does need help. Um, but what I have to, I've been slowly trying to work on is being there more just for that support, not, yeah. you know, I'm going to come in and rescue, right. And I'm not going to save the day. I, I'm so used to doing that. So it's very hard. Um, it, it, I don't want to be, um, where it's dependent on me to save the day that I'm there, hey, you need a little leg up? Sure, I can pop in and help you and support you, but truly, I'm helping you get to where you need to go. So that's a struggle, but it is something that I'm continuing to work on and, and chip away at. Um, but yeah, it's, it's that one is it's a hard one, but it hit me right away of just like, wow, that's a totally different way of thinking and how you have to yeah. approach it.
0: I guess so, especially from your police officer days, because you, you're expected to come in and, control and fix this fix the situation so you're having to unlearn a little bit of that what you were what yes. you were what is a so let's just say i work for you and i'm i'm in a panic and i'm coming to you at work you know and i want you to solve this problem is there like a, a statement that you would say to me or is there like a go-to uh like how do you get it back on me and not on you yeah. like when you know it's something i need to solve is there something that jason does like a, a key Jason phrase or anything that you use or a strategy?
1: <laughs> uh, I, I don't I don't know if I've developed a key one. My uh, my former boss was probably pretty good at it. But um, what he really taught me is just kind of asking some basic questions, not just like, you know, I come to a problem or, or my team member comes to me and just says, here, this is broken. What do I do? It's okay. Yeah. Well, what have you tried? What have you already tried? Um, I think that's the biggest thing is just to understand, okay, where are we at? Let's just get that base level of... What have we already done you know have we done okay. anything and if we haven't done anything yet okay what do you think would be the best step forward and we'll talk through okay. it um but it's definitely just not giving the answers um yeah you, you i know, see that, the
0: tool would... I, I see the tool you just pulled out of your <laughs> tool bag. Mm-hmm. remember just... i took notes and you said you're generally a curious person you ask curious questions probably drives your, <laughs> your family crazy um yep. but you, you. If I come to you, oh my gosh, Jason, fix this problem. Then you're you're genuinely not trying to make me feel bad or solve it, manipulate me in any way. You're curious and saying, "What have you tried? What's worked? What's not worked?" Like you're curiously asking some questions. I think that's brilliant. Uh, mm-hmm. Curious Jason. I think that's a good name. There was a curious George, you know.
1: <laughs> yes, there <hey>. was. <laughs> Remember, <laughs> yep.
0: that was my first. Kid. That was my first lunch kit, Curious George. I love Curious George.
1: Yeah, it's great so that's
0: good. All right, so develop, yeah, develop a leader's mindset. What's number two?
1: Uh, hold regular one-on-ones, which it, it is It okay. is very important. Um, I'll tell you, so just past experience working in law enforcement, there wasn't a one-on-one. There was no, the only time you got hauled into the office is when you're getting yelled at, you did something wrong. There isn't a, Hey, just come on in, let's check in, you know, sure. You'd have folks that would, you know, if you want to talk about something, yeah, they're open to talk to you about it, but it's not going to be, they're going to encourage it or elicit from you. It's you have to approach them if you want to. Um, so that, that was just kind of where I came from when I started here, um, in, in my department, um, we started doing more, you know, one-on-ones, um, it was it was really geared towards just like catching up, uh, you know, here, how are the tasks going? How are the projects going? It was more update kind of stuff. Um, it really wasn't maybe focused on development and other things. So, what Franklin Covey talks about is, is these one-on-ones. Um, it's, not, it's not about work. It's not about your boss trying to catch up on the week and what's the task list look like. That's not what it's for. Um, it's about your employee. It's about their development. Um, and coaching, offering any mentorship advice, um, sharing feedback, you know, feedback's important. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, But it's having that one-on-one conversation with your employee, making sure that they, they're getting what they need out of just general, um, you know, where do they wanna go? Uh, What do they wanna do? Are there things that we need to do to help them get there at some point? We know not everybody's gonna do the same job for 25 years, you know, it could be mundane. People want to grow and learn. Um, so what do we need to do to help them? And if we don't talk to them and have those conversations, we might not have a clue what they're interested in or what they want to do. Um, so it's important to to sit down, make that time, commit to it, um, ask those questions. And, and what they really talk about here is to talk less, ask more. You know, the manager doesn't drive the conversation. The employees driving the conversation. We want to talk about what they want. We'll ask questions, but it's you know maybe they get they're quiet. You know, you, you have some of that pause, and okay, you know, what, you know, trying to elicit those questions again—that curiosity of what do you want to do? What are you interested in? Even if it's not here, what what do you want to go after? Maybe somebody wants to be a podcast host. Who knows? Um, yeah. Can we help them with that? I don't know. Um, but, yeah. but you have to have that foundational understanding of your employee and what they're looking for. And if you don't have those conversations, commit to that time, you're never going to know. Maybe.
0: Yeah. Oh, you know, I'm really glad you said this one. this one gets skipped over, I've been teaching leadership development for 29 years now. And I'm, uh, in this world In this, <clears throat> I hear from executives, um, to frontline leaders. They're like, well, we don't really have a specific one-on-one we talk all the time and when I hear that I know that there's there's a problem there's a communication breakdown right so um that's just a, that's just really uh we're just deceiving ourselves what schedule that one-on-one I you know even with our uh, my team my team I have now I schedule it Tuesdays at ten, Tuesdays at two you know Tuesday, you know, I just know we have it every time and I'm signed on, on a FaceTime screen. If I work virtually, I'm face to face with somebody, even if they have absolutely nothing, they got that time. And yeah. so I and just see a lot of leaders, stop. Making, you know, I, I, I've been married about to celebrate 30 years. And so if right. I don't make time for my spouse, either some kind of sp- our relationship's going to fall apart. Right. Yep. And um, so. If we're like, oh, we we live together, we we make time, we're together all the time. No, you've got to make some yeah. specific time. You've got to set aside, yep. and that's the same thing goes for people we. Live. I, I'm glad that that was one that you taught, and yeah. um,
1: and it's and it's the, important the- too, the- you know. Yeah, and like you were talking about too, like you're you're committed to it, right? And that's another another point of this is that you don't cancel or you don't shortchange it. If you schedule for an hour every week, you commit to that hour every week unless something drastic comes up. Right. But for the most part, it's, you know, other meetings aren't going to take a priority or oh shoot. I'm going to have to cut you off for 30 minutes today because I got this Um, because it's going to make your employee feel like they're not valued and that their time isn't valuable to you. but, yeah, you know, the asking questions piece, too, is just, you know, kind of going back to, to my former boss. He used to frustrate me so much early on because he would just like I'd come to him with problems, you know, even during some of these, you know, one on ones and things like that. I'd be Like, hey, I got this going on. He's like, all right, well, what have you done or who have you talked to about it? And just like, can you just tell me the answer? Like, I just want to know, like, what do I do? This is pain in my butt. What do I do? And he would just kind of get those breadcrumbs out there um, and kind of, um. you know. You know he might give me a couple hints and say here i would start here um see where that leads you and then i was following this breadcrumb yep. trail so then you know used to get a little frustrated at times but then i was like okay now i'm you know i got to learn so much just by him kind of pushing those buttons a little bit to ask those questions yep. of have you talked to this person maybe that might be a good person to talk to and just like all yep. right probably is i should probably go <laughs> chase that down you know and then yep. they might lead you to somebody else and it's like okay he didn't s- send me to the right person immediately he sent me to all these other little people but learned a lot along the way so you, ask you know what questions. i
0: call, you know what i call bosses like that i call them mr miyagi those are mr miyagi <laughs> yes. 100%. bosses. you know because right you get so like danielson was so mad he just wanted to learn how to whoop somebody if you've ever seen that movie karate kid i don't know if you have mm-hmm. or not one of my favorite shows um but but mr miyagi like he wasn't Daniel Danielson didn't understand what he was teaching him and he was teaching him something greater. So I see that Mm -hmm. your old boss was a Mr. Miyagi. He was, he was making you dig for it. Right. So which made you better. And look, look, I mean, here, here you are today on the podcast teaching tons of people around the world, like these elements. All right. Look, love that one. And I love the fact, I want to make sure we get this one on number two is let them drive the meeting. Yes. Let them drive the meeting. This is not you coming in and and just saying, "Here's my 15 things." You just came in and fellowship, like relationship building, right? Mm-hmm. However that goes. And then what I say is like, "Okay, give me the li- things on your list." And my team knows to come with. They have like seven things. Sometimes they have three things. Sometimes they have 17. <laughs> you know, so they come to me and and so I'm I'm going through everything. They're just they're just spitting it out to me. Uh, one way, uh, Jason, I've seen that you can check to see if you're having one-on-ones. You said regularly, not canceling. Go get some, a scout. Get somebody to ask the people that work uh, for you or with you, like, how often do you meet with Jason? And and if they are able to tell that person every Tuesday at 2, every Tuesday at 2, whether I want to or not, then you know you're doing something wrong. Right. Right. So right. that's a, that's a good way to check to, to check yourself. All right. Number three, what's number three?
1: Yep. Number three. So that's uh, set up your team to get results. Um, so this, you know, again, it's kind of that, um, familiarness to me, um, of just asking the, why, um, your team has to have buy into what you're doing in order for you to get success. So, you know, it, it the principle makes a lot of sense to me um, in how to kind of approach it, I guess. So, when you have your team, they understand what it is that we're doing. If you're doing your job, you're selling it, right? Um, you're getting them engaged, you're getting their buy in, you're getting them invested in what we're doing, what we're trying to accomplish. Um, not everybody may be terribly interested in it. So, you know, you might have to find out the why. And those one-on-ones may be just, uh, what's going on? Why don't you, uh, you know, understand this? Or what can we help you to get you to where we're going? Um, and having those conversations because you got to get everybody on board first and foremost. It, it, because otherwise, there's just going to be roadblocks or hazards for you. So, it's really important to get that buy-in. Um, once you get past that and you get, you get that, then the team understands the need so then you can kind of define what what those goals are and you have to have a definition of done. That is something that I have learned um, oh. by mistake is, is having that definition of done. What are the goals? What are we trying to achieve? Uh, you know what's that end uh, definition um, because that's going to help round out the guidelines and using your team to do that. You know don't set them up and just say all right well here's what I'm telling you to do work with them. Have them yeah. put, give their input of what they think. You know, do they think they can accomplish that? Yeah, you might have to push them a little bit if you think that they're being too conservative. But at the, you know, again, having them be part of the process. What does that definition look? Because again, you're going to continue that buy-in, um, keep them invested, right? Because they're they're helping with it, they're shaping, and it. it's not just up oh, the boss said we're doing X Y Z, so I guess uh-huh. we got to do it. Um, so that was pretty important. Um, I. <laughs> utilized some of this, but definitely have learned that you have to get a little bit more specific on some of those measurables, um, because yeah, you, you fall down and you fail and things don't happen if, if you don't. Um, so that, that was a hard lesson for me a couple different times that just like, cool. And then going through this is like, all right, well, this really reaffirms what I've learned is that you got to do this. Um, the, the downside to some of this, um, uh, is the micromanagement piece. Um, you have to be very cognizant mm-hmm. about that. Um, I've been bitten by this a couple different ways. Um, you know, one again, previous career, um, kind of a mix and match of folks. I've had some sergeants that were in your business all the time. What are you doing? Why are you here? They're showing up to your calls, they're telling you what to do, and just like, whatever, I guess. Um, and then you yeah. had some that are just so hands off that you're just like, I guess I can do whatever I want whenever I want, right? Yeah. Um, but I've had enough of the micromanagers that I have been very leery of that. Like, I, I don't want to be that guy. Um, that. that if you're so hands-off, the train's going to go off the tracks because you have no yeah. idea what's going on. If you're focused on other things, whatever you asked your team to do, it probably isn't going to happen. like you think it should, or it's not going to maybe meet the goals of the timeframes and things like that. So you do have to be in their business a little bit, um, but you still want them to control a lot of it. Um, But that, that I think that's the hard part with this one for me is that we talk about, you know, getting the buy-in, get them invested, having those goals, having those measurables, what's that definition of done? And now you want to achieve that and make sure that your team achieves that. And so that could push you in that tendency of micromanagement. So you just have to be cognizant and leery of that
0: that's a that, that that number three i love the way you put the caution in there i think that's mm-hmm. that's really really important and i think we all all the podcasters on here that's a that's a good reminder of balancing uh heart and mind um uh, being i and i've seen it both places just like you said either i'm completely hands off or i'm too hands mm-hmm. on so i think mr miyagi said balance not Daniel sunny he said focus <laughs> and balance those were really really no. important things right